This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Kanesan and welcome to Open for Business. Today on Open for Business, Versa is a fintech startup that offers users a user-friendly digital wealth management solution through its core products, Versa Cash and Versa Invest. The distribution platform works with AHAM Capital to provide its users with access to these investment products in a simplified, easy and digital manner. That said, digital wealth or wealth tech is a tough area with slim margins and plenty of competition, including some of the robo-advisors such as Stashaway, Wahid Invest and KDI Invest. Today, you will hear the story behind the starting of Versa, how they're navigating the competitive landscape and acquiring customers, and what else we can expect to see on the platform in time with Theo Weixiang, the co-founder and CEO of Versa Asia. Weixiang, welcome to Open for Business. Hi, Roshan. Thanks so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Pleasure having you on the show. I've been watching Versa for some time now, both when I was doing Ring and Sense, when I was uh, when I was in fintech for a little while. So it's going to be interesting to see what we explore today. First things first, uh, Weixiang, Versa has a variety of products today. Uh, but back in 2021, when you started, the focus was on providing a more flexible alternative to fixed deposits. I think back then, the term that was being thrown around, not just with you, but also with Stashway Simple, was fixed deposit killer. Uh, and this was powered by a money market product, or at least the money market product asset class. Um, and this was at a time before cash and yield. Uh, cash had a yield and was a sought-after asset. So tell us a little bit about the rationale for starting at this point, starting with a money market fund product. Yep, sure. Thanks so much, Roshan, for the question. So um, when we started uh, Versa, um, it actually uh, stemmed out of my personal frustration um, and also uh, together with co-founders. Um, when it comes to you know a savings instrument, we would have to actually settle for a savings product which yields typically uh, no interest that you know would safeguard me against inflation. And on the other end, we had to you know give up our um, liquidity in return for some interest um, when it's placed into fixed deposits. Mm-hmm. Um, so the call to action actually came when um, you know I broke my. Um, fixed deposit for an emergency. Uh, and that actually triggered us to look globally for, um, you know, solutions, uh, if there's any alternatives uh, in the savings uh, or deposit space. And we realized that in development countries, developed countries like China and US, there were myriads of ads, uh, myriad of uh, fintech companies that were actively promoting uh, money market funds as a third solution to uh, you know either your savings or fixed deposit. As you know, for money market funds, you are able to enjoy the best of both worlds, both the interest, uh, FD like interest, but at the same time, you get the liquidity, uh, somewhat like a savings account. Yeah. But to be clear with young, uh, the one difference, of course, or the one of the differences is the fact that you know FDs and bank savings are insured by PIDM, whereas money market funds and other or and other re- uh, similar products are investment products, right? So there's no. Um, capital uh, insurance or no protection on that, essentially. Yep. They're not insured. 
Definitely. So, which is why when we started with uh, our money market funds, uh, we started off with uh, a 100% pure deposit fund, which means that um, it's an investment structure governed by a trustee. So that's one of the mechanisms um, in place uh, for protection. And all the asset deployed will be actually going back into the fixed deposit um, uh, space. So that actually translates into a very low risk proposition, which I believe the consumers were able to accept like, given um, the take up of Versa Cash over the past two years. Yeah. And your key partner in all this over the last few years has been AJM Capital, That's which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so this was a, out of a personal frustration, which is, I guess, typical of a lot of founders and a lot of startups. But how did you go out and test whether this was a bigger problem and not just a you problem? Uh, definitely. So the thing about you know going to a fintech proposition is that we can't just launch and we had to go mm. through you know a long process of um, you know getting regulated etc. So the first thing we did was we uh, conv- uh, we were speaking to industry partners or you know in t- who were offering money market funds and we were realized that um, the distribution channel for money market funds was you know really focused on high net worth individuals and corporates. Uh, it was not really um, channeled uh, towards uh, retail because of, you know, there's a high qualification barrier. Apart from that, we also spoke to, uh, you know, our friends and families, even ran a survey of about 3,000 respondents Mm. to, you know, a very simple survey that says that, hey, if there's an asset class that gives you yield and flexibility, are you willing to switch? You know, just very simple one-liner. About 3,000 respondents came back to us. So that actually gave us the confidence that, you know, the market actually uh, would, appreciate such a product um, when it comes to uh, selecting a deposit instrument. Now, it's been uh, over two years and April, exciting three years, will, will, it'll be three years since you launched Versa. Looking back, what has been, I guess, the most challenging part so far, of course, in building this venture? Yeah, I think just like every uh, company operating in the fintech space for the first two years, it's really about building trust. Uh, and that can only happen when you know you are able to convince a user to you know uh, try your product, um, uh, ensure that you know I mean and have a good experience. Most importantly, um, so in the first uh, in the past uh, um, two years, I would believe uh, it was a lot of trust building um, exercises that needs to be done for us to eventually uh, you know capture. Uh, behavior change, you know, uh, especially moving from FDs into uh, um, a fintech that offers money market funds. So that is definitely one of the the key challenges when we launched. uh, And was it, how difficult was it, you know, having conversations to get people on board early on? Because money market funds aren't a familiar term to most retail or regular investors. And if I look at your UX, it is targeted at a younger-ish de- demographic. Um, so talk to us about that, the early days of getting your first users on the platform. Was it a matter of having to just, you know, throw heavily throw uh, promotional rates at them or, or, or did you have to do other things to kind of buy their, thr- buy their trust? Yeah, I guess uh, we were lucky that when we launched, it was during the height of COVID. So um, effectively, uh, the OPR rates in Malaysia was, you know, declining from almost 3.25% to almost 1.75% in less than a year. Uh, And that actually triggered, uh, I I personally believe that triggered uh, uh, the retailers to actually look for 
an alternative asset class that would actually give them a better return in uh, in return for the lock-in periods of like say 12 months and you're able to get just 2%. So actually that, you know, created a small awareness in terms of, hey, there's this asset class, you know, um, the asset, it, it, although it's an investment instrument, but everything is deployed back into the fixed deposit uh, um, uh, asset, underlying asset class. So that was very easy for fixed deposit users to understand, mm. uh, right? And we also made sure that when we launched Versa, uh, we launched just a, a, with Versa Cash. Uh, um, because again, the internet, you can't explain too much, right? Mm. The more you explain, the more costly your customer acquisition cost is. So what we really did was to launch a very simple, straightforward product. Hey, here you get fixed deposit rates, uh, light rates, but you know with a flexible, with the flexibility, no withdrawal fees, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which was which would directly solve my earlier pain point. So that was what we went with. Yeah, I think a key thing here is that you're starting with cash because it helps to bring the the funds in, and then once you've acquired these customers, you can educate them to other products, and that's a journey we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the what the first the MVP looked like when you started, because uh, now your app looks very nice. Um, yeah. And the UX is easy to use, um, but what was it like when you what when you, what was the first version of this product and what did it looked like? Yeah, I think from a first product perspective, we had made a very conscious decision since even the uh, you know very start that we wanted to serve the younger generations, which had like a experience gap when it comes to the traditional financial. Uh, institutions, right? Like walking into a bank is as painful as, you know, <laughs> looking at, I mean, walking into a dentist, right? So um, from day one, uh, we, we were looking at um, the experiences within this group of the younger generation. And we realized that we face actually a very, very different um I mean, we, we prefer a very, very different experience compared to the older generation. You know, they look at branches as agents of trust, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas for the new generation, they are more, you know, self-serve. Uh, uh, they do not like branch visits. They uh, they enjoy, you know, accessibility. If you don't have an app, you don't exist, basically. Yeah, so, so the app actually, uh, I mean, what we actually did was uh, even... Our early product designer, he was about 25, 26 years old. So he was able to imagine the savings journey from a very philosophical po- uh, point of view. Um, and, you know, some of their work is still very evident in our app today. So that was actually how it started, you know, a, a, a very straightforward platform that helps you um, uh, save your money and gives you fixed deposit like rates. You're able to withdraw anytime, plus have a very, very different UI UX when it comes to savings or investing. Yeah. As at I think January twenty twenty two, a year after, or just over a year, just under a year after launch, you had transacted over hundred million ringgit on the platform. Um, so big, a long way since starting. When did you feel that Versa had reached product market fit, or is that still an ongoing journey for you guys? Uh, I think we went. We have already came a long way, uh, especially having about two and a half years worth of you know data points, two and a half years worth of transaction. I mean, I remember the days where when we first, you know, launched, we were, you know, my partners and I we would just sit and we would look at, you know, users joining us by the hour. That was very gratifying. <laughs> but today we have about hundred twenty thousand users, uh, about seven eight thousand Malaysians join us on a m- monthly basis. Uh, new ac- in terms of new accounts, um, in terms of um, transaction volumes, we have uh, transacted about about six hundred million since we've launched. 
90% of uh, our users are below 40 years old. Um, 44% of our users are of the female demographic. Uh, so yeah, we are very, very proud in terms of what we have achieved uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the journey so far. Was there a moment where you and your co-founders looked at each other and said, okay, we've got it, we've stumbled onto something that works? Uh, yeah, I, I guess from day one, we were very, very um, convinced with the use case. Um, but again, when it comes to business, it's not about having the three of us being convinced. So um, very quickly, we uh, put a plan where you know we knew that we had to get regulated. We knew that we had to get the best partners on board. We knew that uh, having these sort of stakeholders that would you know translate into having a good uh, um, uh, colleague base. So that was something that you know we worked on since day one to really make sure that we are able to you know make money market funds uh, a mainstream asset class in Malaysia. Yeah. Um, next, we'll get into your relationship with AHAM Capital as well as the challenges in this space. Folks, I've been speaking with Theo Weixiang. He's the CEO and co-founder of Versa Asia, a fintech startup focused on digital distribution and curation of investment products. I'm Roshan Kennison. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit, so keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Baba from Malacca. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Gunnison, and this morning I've been speaking with Theo Weixiang. He's the CEO and co-founder of Versa Asia, a fintech startup focused on digital distribution and curation of investment products. Uh, Weixiang, earlier uh, you, we talked about some, got some of the details, right? So 120,000 users on the platform, 600 million ringgit in transactions uh, completed on the platform as well. 90% of your demographic, demographic below 40 years old with just under half of them female. Talk to us about the activity uh, of this demo of, of our users. Are they, you know, are they very active? Are they monthly depositors? Are they irregular depositors? What's the average ticket size? What can you tell us about all this? Yeah, um, I think in terms of activity-wise, um, a lot of our content is to help Malaysians start building an emergency fund, So that which is what... Um, we actually encourage our users to do. Um, so we are able to see that, uh, you know, about, I mean, from recent reports, I, I think about 70% of Malaysians find it even hard to fork out, you know, a thousand ringgit mm. in terms of emergency. So we really, um, you know, focus on having the importance of emergency funds before looking at other mm. asset classes. So. I'm actually proud to say that you know once a user uh, on board with Versa, they save an average about five to six times that amount, um, and you know once we believe that they are able to build a sustainable uh, emergency funds, then we are help them with their other financial goals, maybe you know 
working towards their child's education or even retirements. We have products that are relevant to all these goals. So if I understand correctly, average balances around five, six thousand on average? Yeah, about five. Yeah. Mm. And then obviously there are going to be outliers to that, some with a lot more, some with a lot less. Mm. Um, and earlier you were telling us a little bit about how the when BNM during COVID time when BNM cut rates, people were looking for yield during that time. And now, um, because of the interest rate climate, um, cash is even more of a yield today. So how has the changing market dynamics impacted your product and the, the promise of your product? Has it been uh uh, overall, have market conditions been positive for your ability to acquire customers? Yeah, I think um, over the past few years, um, um, since money market funds, uh, um, it's sort of a new instrument. Um, not many users um, had the ability to enjoy, you know, a three, four percent, or even two percent doing a lower interest rate. But at the same time have the ability to withdraw. So I believe um, this product uh, is actually, uh, I mean, regardless of um, interest rate, um, there will be demand because for higher interest rate environments, you get a higher, you get a good return on your cash. You not you do not need to take, you know, a moderate risk. You almost hit your uh, portfolio. Whereas in a low interest rate environment, uh, if you look at uh, competing products such as fixed deposits, etc., your lock-in period, you are locking in about twelve months in return for you know one, uh, two to three percent. So I think, uh, you know, regardless of interest rates, I believe uh, money market funds uh, as uh, it, it is definitely an instrument that um, has its pros and cons de- uh, depending on. I mean, even despite the market conditions, like, yeah. Now, while your a lot of your branding and a lot of your your core product was the cash product, Versa has branched out into other investment products in partnership with HAM Capital. Uh, if this was always the plan, you know, to start with a cash product and move on to growth products and read and gold and all these other different things, um, why go the path of a distributor instead of a robo advisor or digital investment manager? Yeah. Um, firstly, I, I guess also it, it stems from the background of the founders. Um, we are non, um, we don't come from the fund management background, but we are relevant into the digital economy in terms of you know customer acquisition, product development, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, at that time, we were also um, lucky to have spoken to you know a potential partner who were actually looking at ways to react to the digital um, um, competition such as robots, etc., etc. So, um, you know, that, that fit actually worked um, where we wanted a lean model where we can are able to focus on customer acquisition. At the same time, we have a strong partner who is able to, um, you know, complement our content, our investment content. And also at the same time, that also translates to a lot of trust, you know, when we when we uh, go to market. Um, so yeah, there's definitely uh, lots of benefits, you know, in terms of partnering with a fund manager versus you know going as my own dim, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, because with a dim, with a robot advisor, you have to do the fund management stuff on your own. It's a discretionary mandate, so a lot more. You would have had have in-house fund managers, compliance, all these different exactly. things. As a distributor, you just a tech play, and you've got a and you found a partner. If you weren't able to find a partner like HAM. Would you have had to go maybe the robo advisor route, or would you have, you know, maybe stopped the project at that point if you couldn't find a good uh, partner? 
Yeah, um, I guess uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, it, having a fund management partner is you know the cri- uh, critical uh, part of uh, the business model that uh, that we are operating today. Um, so, like I, I believe, without their support, uh, without AJM Capital support, uh, there wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't launch Versa Cash or mm. invest in uh, um, as. Again, the founders we do not come from um, fund management background. We come from you know a more. I come from a more marketing, a digital marketing background. Uh, my partner comes from a tech and consultancy background. So again, um, having a fund management partner is really really important for mm. us. How involved is Versa in the creation of of these products with AJM? Yeah. So we let them know of consumer demand. Uh, we have a very, very active uh, base, I would say. Every time we launch a survey, we get about 800 to 1,000 respondents. So we always engage with our users in terms of what sort of uh, you know, product lineup they'll see, you know, what are they looking forward currently in the next quarter. Um, so yeah, um, having um, you know, some form of idea of consumer demand, um, then we are able to then advise our fund management partners and they will then you know study the requirements of our our population and then come up with a product suite or experience that is relevant to their needs yeah. so you look at your demo and say okay we have these customers who want <clears> this <throat> yep. uh, with these requirements can you help us build it exactly um, and the relationship so far how how actively do you expect product building to be? Because it seems like uh, you started with cash about uh, less than a year later, you had the moderate growth. And then last year you launched REIT and Gold. Um, are you expecting to launch more products with them in the next year? Yeah, def- definitely. Um, we are actually challenging ourselves to launching a new vertical almost every 12, uh, every 12 months. Uh, verticals that are relevant to our uh, Populations, uh, financial life cycle, uh, verticals that are able to help our user base build financially uh, healthy habits. Um, so we launched cash uh, two years ago. We launched invest about a year ago. We'll be launching a new vertical um, in a couple of months' time. But unfortunately, due to uh, regulatory <laughs> requirements, uh, I, I should keep that. Uh, uh, you know, under we'll, the radio. We'll, touch, we'll touch base closer to that. Yeah, yeah. that launches. Um, up, up next, we're going to talk about the tightrope that you have to balance uh, given the environment that we're in today and uh, whether it's been difficult to convert customers from the lower margin cash product to the higher margin investment products. I've been speaking with Theo Weisiang. He's the CEO and co-founder of Versa Asia. You've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kainison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bolle for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kunison, and this morning I've been speaking with Theo Weisyang. He's the co-founder and CEO of Versa Asia, a fintech startup focused on digital distribution and curation of investment products. They started off with a fixed deposit alternative back in 2021. Today they've got over 120,000 users and have seen 600 million ringgit transacted since they started in early 2021. Uh, while starting with a cash product might have been a great way to pull in funds and accumulate uh, deposits or uh, uh, fund accumulation on your platform, I'm sure there's a ceiling here to the margin that you can be made on a cash product compared to other investment products out there. Has it been difficult to move customers over from the cash product from Versa Save over to your Versa Moderate, your Versa Growth or your other investment products? Yeah, yeah. thanks so much for your question, uh, Roshan. So for us... Um, how uh, our philosophy is again um, to first to help users build up uh, you know emergency funds um, and eventually for um, you know other products like Versa invest we also understand it's you know it's very cyclical uh, what we see for the retail market is usually you know towards the bear, uh, towards the bull market that's where activity starts to build up However, for us, again, with our philosophy of building healthy financial behaviors, we provide the you know, tools such as uh, auto debit um, to slowly move our users you know, instead of you know, saving. Uh, now that you already have your emergency cash in place, how about starting to you know, uh, consider for you know, higher margin products that could hit your goals such as um, you know, your child's education, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Apart from that, we believe that we have a very simple UI UX very, uh, that you know ha- helps user build behavior. Apart from uh, you know auto debit, we also help them um, with certain things such as um, auto switch things like that. So, uh, so with these tools and features, I think building behavior over time is much more important than you know pushing products to them to help our users time the market. Mm. Because again, I've seen multiple uh, fin- uh, wealth tech wealth players. You know, they enjoy a good bull run, mm. and once the bear, you know, AU- AUM crashes. So, um, yeah. So it's again, we want to build it more in the you know holistic uh, and step by step manner. Yeah. Now, one of the things with uh, the wealth tech space, whether mm. you're a robo or your distribution platform, is that you're bypassing the traditional way of selling investment insurance products or financial mm. products, right? Which was usually very agency force driven. Um, but having that human that human element has been very powerful in converting customers over to the higher margin products, mm-hmm. to particular products, to different funds. So from a business perspective, it generates revenue for the firm or the, or the asset manager. Uh, with Versa, right, because you are helping people accumulate cash and then later guiding them there uh, to other products, how are you doing that without in, in a digital first way, I guess? Yeah, I guess firstly is um, compared to an experienced agent, uh, ours, we focus on a demography which prefers self-service. Uh, you know, the younger generation, they do not like branch visits. They do not like... So it. straight up just saying, um, we're not even looking to compete with the agents. We're going to people who are digital first as well. Yeah, digital. Um, yeah, definitely digital f- first as well. Um, again, um, when investing through agents, sometimes um, it's more costly. Um 
in terms of performance review, you you are not able to um, not monitor it. Yeah, yeah, monitor it on a daily basis. Um, apart from that, I believe there's also a certain biasness in terms of product uh, that they push. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of products that, uh, such as money market funds, uh, that was really, really good for even retailers. But the reason why agents didn't want to push it because of the low margins. Mm. Whereas for us, we use mobile technologies as a distribution te- uh, platform, which is why we are able to accumulate this low margin. Uh, uh, we are able to distribute this low margin um, products, accumulate demand, and then pass it on to our fu- uh, fund management partners. La. So I guess that's one of the key difference. Yeah. Versus primary business model is the fee charged on the assets uh, held uh, on the platform. Uh, where are you in terms of revenue generation today? Yeah, unfortunately, we have not made uh, revenue um, our revenue um, sort of public because we are funded by you know private shareholders. Who mm. is there a uh, semblance that you can give us here? Yeah, in terms but of- just yeah, just to give you. Um, sort of a flavor of how Versa is doing. Again, we monetize from uh, a back-end fee given by our partners each time we bring uh, asset under management to them. Um, so that so from a high-level funnel, uh, we the more we transact, the more customers save with our partners, the more uh, back-end fees we receive from our mm-hmm. uh, from our partners, so which is why you know customer stickiness uh, is something at the top of our mind. Because mm. it's not necessarily a transaction fee you're talking about here, but the trailer fee that is accumulated over the longer term, basically based yeah, on the asset so sizes. Every so that is actually a more agent model mm. where you let's say for example you invest ten thousand first you pay a hefty sales fee, two to five percent, yeah. and that's usually the charge where you know. Uh, the agent, uh, uh, you know, for their sales effort, you know, for their parking, you know, buying you <laughs> uh, a Starbucks. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, where, whereas for um, uh, whereas for us, um, we feel that um, our customer experience, um, you know, it's really focused on building. Behaviors versus having uh, biasness mm. um, to cover. Mm. Uh, to, but, sorry, to get the front end cost. Right. Yeah. But the that, so you don't have the front end cost there. So yeah. everything is on the on the back end. So is is it equivalent to essentially an AUM fee? And that's correct. Right. That's correct. So that's the business model as it stands today. Yeah. Are you looking at other ways to other revenue streams or models in the longer term? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, like you rightfully mentioned. Cash is a good acquisition tool, but uh, given its thin margins, we have to, again, uh, look at uh, products uh, that uh, are slightly more high margins so th- to make the business sustainable. But most importantly, we, are, uh, we must uh, only offer products that are relevant to our users' base, uh, relevant to their financial life cycles as, you know, investment or even insurance per se is a push product. Mm. So it's already hard. Uh, it's already a hard push. So um, uh, again, you know, making it easy, making it accessible, um, is definitely something on mind. But it has to be very, very relevant to our customer experience, la. Now I know you couldn't give us a number for the revenue generation, but give us a sense of the growth, uh, revenue growth uh, since you've started so far, and expectations for the year. Um, I guess since we've launched, uh, we've been growing quite steadily about you know, 100, 150 
percent year on year. Um, I think that's quite respectable for a startup, which I'm very very proud of uh, what my team has achieved in the past uh, two to three years. Uh, yeah, so I guess. Um, and growth expectations for this year also in line with the hundred to hundred fifty percent or. A bit less or a bit more. So we were lucky in the sense where we actually hit our goal in mid in mid year. So we actually have a stretch goal right mm. now. Uh, hopefully, you know the team is able to um, refocus on the stretch goal. Given that um, we are looking at our next fundraising round about a year in advance. So currently, we are already in talks with a number of uh, potential suitors. It's just uh, what sort of the, what's the best commercials that we are able to get out of the yeah, potentials with us, like, yeah. Raisyang, up next we'll talk a little bit about fundraising, but also the work that you're the kind of I guess partners you're looking for in the longer term as you look to grow this business. Folks, I've been speaking with Theo Raisyang. He's the co-founder and CEO of Versa Asia, a fintech startup focused on digital distribution and curation of financial and investment products. I'm Roshan Kanisen. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Brave Finance Managers. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanderson, and this morning I've been speaking with Theo Weisyang, CEO and co-founder of Versa Asia. Uh, Weisyang, some of your key investors, in uh, you're now, I think, in pre-series A, but in your seat run before, uh, HPRY Ventures, OSK Ventures International, and of course, uh, AHAM Capital uh, have been on the cap table. Uh, AHAM, of course, being a very key partner of yours, providing the products that you then distribute. As you look ahead to other possible funding rounds, which you said you are looking towards, um, will you be looking for more strategic partners like AHAM, but different verticals to either help you with market or product expansion? Yeah, um, so currently, uh, in terms of um, our cap table, um, we have a heritage of um, both institutions and also Asian family offices. Mm. Um each of the, I mean, each of, uh, we are very thankful to these of uh, shareholders, uh, apart from the financial capital that they have injected there, each of them has, you know, helped us strategically, whether it's, uh, you know, through fund manufacturing, introducing us to potential strategic partners, allowing us to use their brand um, for us to create trust among consumers. Um, so long-term wise, um, for us, um, in a sh- in the short medium term, we see ourselves as uh, you know single fund manager uh, partner, very similar to how pu- public mutual is, right? You know, mm. a single fund management company with a very strong, effective um, distribution channel. Um, so that is sort of like the uh, model that we are looking at. Um, um, yeah, so for our current investors, the way that we always approach fundraising is that, you know, our seed investors must always afford our, be able to afford our pre-series. Our pre-series investors must be always able to afford our A round. So um, we are in a comfortable position where, um, you know, the fundraising 
uh, topic. Uh, we are having both internal and external demand. So yeah, we are mm. currently taking uh, the next two to three months to really decide on the but right will there combination. Be, will there be a preference for strategic partners in other verticals that can help you grow in yeah. different areas? Um, yeah, so say for example, um, insurance is something that we are, we are studying uh, closely. Um, so if we are to seek for uh, a strategic partner, it would probably be f- from outside the wealth vertical. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, speaking of fundraising, um, I think uh, based on the data I'm able to find, uh, Crunchbase shows me that Versace had one funding round raised, which was a seed run in September 2022, uh, which sometimes not super accurate when it comes to the Malaysian startup scene. Uh, tell us a little bit about how much funding has been raised uh, so far to build Versa. Um, so um, we have raised about um, two to three rounds. Uh, I, I would say the first two rounds was you know really small angel rounds to re- de-risk the proposition and to really get the market the, the product out mm-hmm. to market. Um, and then we did a meaningful round sometime last year. Um, I guess in terms of Total raised, um, we have about um, 20 or 25 million in terms of uh, financial stamina um, to, you know, really be the, uh, to really um, penetrate this space uh, again with the proper uh, marketing stamina. 20, 25 million ringgit? Yeah. Okay, Okay, because dollars would have been uh, quite a substantial amount of money in that sense. Uh, Which is something you're going to need, I guess, because you need that stamina and the space because you're acquiring clients younger and then you want to grow with them over the longer term. So you have to be able to withstand a much longer, uh, I guess, cycle here. If you look at Betterman and uh, Wealthfront over in the States, obviously they're robo-advisors, but they took 10 years before they broke even. So this could be a very long journey to go on. Um, what does the path to profitability, which I'm sure is a key question investors are asking, not that you need to be profitable today, but given the environment, you have to have an outline for that path. Uh, what does that look like for Versa? Yeah, I guess for Versa, our path to profitability will be still very centered on wealth. Um, we have identified a number of products which we feel the uh, current agency force are not focusing on again such like such as mini, uh, money market funds. Um, you know, PRS I think has great opportunity to you know really do well. None of the robots are offering in Malaysia yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a very uh, offline dominated dominated product. Um, so I believe uh, yeah that. Our path to profitability will come from wealth products. And again, uh, we'll focus on what we are good at, which is number one, making products that are uh, unrelatable to the new generation. And second, identify products that the existing market market channel it's not able to fulfill effectively and, you know, be really good in these few mm. areas. Yeah. And as you look ahead, how much funding do you think will be needed uh, in terms of ra- uh, that you'll need to raise in order to achieve those goals? Um, I guess um, we do have multiple um, scenarios, you know, our base case, uh, best case. So we are working very closely with our board and shareholder to finalize the quantum. I don't really have an uh, answer mm. for mm. now. Uh, but uh, we we have you know uh, how much are you looking for the next round perhaps? 
Uh, I, I mean, for our next round, if we are looking at Series A, so somewhere north of about five to ten million. So I mean, five, five to eight million. One to uh, two million yeah. USD, like pretty. Usually uh, US, yeah, uh, five to eight million US is something. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, okay. Because, um, apart, uh, I mean, Malaysia, we we see that uh, the space that we are operating in, especially the retails, cash in bank is about one trillion. Yeah. Right. Even today. So the TAM is there. Yeah, the TAM, the, the TAM is there. Um, you know, um, we also seen like uh, players like Public Mutual, um, you know, their profit uh, after tax is what, six, seven hundred million Mm-mm. per year. <laughs> um, so to, 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 you know, go head to head with this sort of financial giants, we have to have, we have to be um, realistic about the delivery resources that we have because convincing clients is another thing, having the you know the the scalability, having the reach, uh, having the platform that is secure. You know all these are all heavy investments. And the board, the investors are aware of this. They're willing to take this fight uh, to players like Public Mutual in the longer term, and are willing to bankroll it. Yeah, I think Public Mutual is just one of the examples of um, companies which we currently find you know very very um, um, relevant in the retail space. So. We look at them as inspirations, and definitely we to go head to head with this sort of companies. We will need to have a sizable war chest, again for customer acquisition, retention, uh, and it's going to be a long term game. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm guessing a key cost of for yours will be customer acquisition uh, outside of talent and tech. Yeah, uh, which is a fine line to balance given the dynamics today. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you managing this tightrope? Yep. Um, I'm actually quite proud to say that uh, customer acquisition cost ha- happens to be one of our uh, strength. Mm-hmm. Today, a-, a customer that transacts with Versa, the cost of a customer transacting Versa is, um, you know, sli- I-, I guess is comparable to an agent paying for their parking fees and. Uh, yeah, yeah, parking fees, right? So, mm. yeah, so... So we're talking about a few ringgit in terms yeah, of... Yeah, about less Acquisition than, costs. Yeah, I mean, plus petrol, seeing the clients, about 20... Yeah, mm. our acquisition costs, I can't give you an exact... Sure, exact sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean... It's a comparable number. It's a comparable number. Um, whereas when we look at other of our peers, um, some of them, they're reporting about 40, 50 US. Yeah, it can, the yeah, wealth 40, space 50 can be quite US, expensive. Yeah. So I think I attribute that in terms of you know focusing on um, a target market and also launching with a very very simple product because the less you need to explain the the, the lower your acquisition cost is. Yeah, and cash is something that you can talk to people about, and once you bring them in, as you mentioned earlier, that's where the content marketing and yeah. building once they trust that, you, yeah. once they trust you, then that maintaining that relationship can be very powerful. Exactly. Um, Based on with the few minutes that we have left here, let's talk a little bit about you know the future, the hit, uh, looking ahead. What do you think is the most likely kind of exit for a company such as yours? Yeah, I guess um, firstly, having consulted my my board, which I always draw advice from, the key is for us to focus on profitability within the midterm. Mm-hmm. Um, once we are profitable, we will then have the choice. Uh, whereas if you, you know, just burn for growth, then there will be only a certain profile of you uh, of uh, uh, companies that you know potentially are looking to acquire a loss-making company. But 
as you can see, over the past three to five years, the landscape of funding has changed. Um, everyone is looking at not just uh, growth at all costs, but also your path to profitability has to be very, very evident. And that is what the team at Versa, um, you know, from the board level all the way to employee, our, our colleagues, uh, uh, and that is actually what we are dedicated to, uh, to really build a sustainable corporation out of, you know, a startup that we currently are today. So you're not necessarily building to sell this to someone else, but yeah. build? I guess once you're profitable, then you, you can, have the choice, you have right? You options. <laughs> yeah. Keep the options yeah. on the table, decide later yeah. on. You are still quite early. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, all said and done. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time today. Thanks so much for having me again, Roshan. I had a good time. I enjoyed the dialogue. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again next Thanks. year. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, today on Open for Business, I was speaking with Teo Weisiang, the CEO of Versa Asia, and you've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.